welcome to Chick Chat, the podcast where the girl with many titles talks about life, the good and the bad and everything around it. We're going to sit, chat, share life stories and experiences from business to relationship. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Chick Chat podcast. On today's episode, we are going to talk about how therapy basically ruins my life. Now, that's not to say that it's a, a completely negative thing. But I think sometimes it's good to kind of know the realities of mental health, what that does to you and how that can shape your life. So as I normally do with the podcast, I'm going to open with a challenge of the week. Halfway through, we're going to have a check in to see how um, I'm really doing. And if we've got a guest on, normally it's how we're all really doing. And then end it with the win of the week. So again, not product placement, but I got one of these West Coast Cooler water bottles um, in my goodie bag bag the other week. I'm so bad at drinking water, but I've got such a bad headache today. So yeah, not product placement, but it just happens to be that I've got a gift of products that I could use. Okay, so getting started. Um, what is my challenge of the week? So I'd say my challenge of the week is going to be staying positive and getting the stuff done that I want to do in terms of business I've got a few difficult decisions to make and things I just need to get on with um so that's going to be difficult and then I'm going to be taking a few days off this week um I'm actually by the time this is this comes out I'll either be at my friend's wedding or on the way so I'll be making her wedding cake as well for this week so I just need to make sure that I get all the work done that I need I can bake and bake in peace and the cake and everything goes right and yeah just enjoy then the weekends that I'm gonna have so okay okay getting into the podcast so my earliest memory of kind of understanding my mental health is back when I was 18 so I am 28 now nearly 29 which is crazy to think but when I was 18 I had my AS levels and I failed three out of four of them just completely just use I got three using a D I I wasn't like the smartest person at school and when it comes to being smart in my family like my brother is definitely the like the, the genius and I, I was always all right in school I always did well not an A-star student but I did really well and I wanted to do biomedical engineering so to go from doing well enough to have that as an option to all of a sudden you've just failed three out of your four AS levels, what you're supposed to, to do. That sent me into what I now know it was about of depression. So back then, I remember just thinking, I'm not well because my periods have stopped. I'm not sleeping. I'm not eating. Not realizing these are symptoms of depression. Now, if you have any of these symptoms consecutively for, I think it's over two weeks. I should remember this because I did mental health first aid. But you, um, yeah, you're classed as having depression so I went to the doctors and mind you even for me to go to the doctors at that point um was huge because what young person likes going to the doctors you just don't so I sat in the doctor's office and I was like yeah my periods have stopped and so on and he pulled out the leaflet, pulled out some tablets and said yeah you got depression here are some tablets here's a leaflet work away and that was it and I just remember walking out and being like, what does that mean? What are these tablets supposed to do? Like, what? 
and my mum's a nurse which I'm, I'm i'm really lucky um but again this is culturally i was born in zambia western culture is a bit more kind of open in terms of mental health but looking back especially then zambia mental health that was no that's a white person thing that's it's not like black people don't suffer from depression and mental health and all these things clearly wrong but just in terms of kind of our culture that that was the stigma and that's how it was seen so my mum was like well you've just been given something that you don't understand and you don't know what those tablets are supposed to do to your body so my advice is you need to do some more research and speak to someone else before you start down the path where you don't know what you're supposed to, to then do which was great advice because I then started to look it up and I realized that actually there were other things you can do before getting to the stage of tablets and for anyone listening to this that either is thinking about going on tablets is on tablets or wants to be always thinking of coming off I don't think there's anything wrong with that I think you just need to learn how to deal with your own mental health first as in know yourself and then know what course of action is best for you so the way that I saw it was okay I've seen that eating is something that having a good diet is something that helps I've seen the um exercise is something that really really helps from that time I was in the gym every year whenever it came to any time that was near exam season I was in the gym I was running I was doing whatever I could and then the reason that I um got to a point of feeling my AS levels was because I'd gone to give blood not realizing that I'm a sickle cell carrier so I'm always slightly anemic and there isn't enough um kind of research that's been done on it because even as a carrier, they kind of treat you as if, oh, no, like you're completely fine. But you speak to family members that are the same. And it's not like there'll be bouts of time. Like I've had to really get to know my body in terms of knowing when it's my period that's affecting like how tired I am, my moods, whether it is that I've got low iron, um, even like how that affects my periods. But there are all these things that I just thought I need to understand how my body works to know what I need to do before I look at taking tablets and it just happened to be that eating better going to the gym and probably chucked myself into that and then my coping mechanism then was also chucking myself into work and proving myself in inverted commas that drove me and that helped me to get better to feel better so I went through that period and then all of a sudden completely forgot about it I was completely I was fine and then what happened in between that um towards me finishing union working out what I was going to do next so at this point I decided I was going to do business and enterprise management so I was I'd got to I was getting to the end of that and looking at what I was going to do next and in that time my dad was diagnosed with cancer and we thought he was going to die it was really serious my ex cheated on me whilst I was looking after my dad who had cancer who thought he was going to die um and obviously that that was a breakup as well as being cheated on at the worst period of your life and then after that breakup, I ended up losing a friend that had been a massive help to me when I'd gone through um, kind of that period, the, the first bout of depression. I moved to colleges. I moved, I moved to a, a college, Longley Park, Sixth Form College in Sheffield. And I'd met this group of people. I talked about Callum on one of the, the last episodes, but I had a group of friends like Callum, Tash, who ended up dying. Just all these things happened where... It was just trigger after trigger after trigger. And that bout of my life is just a massive, massive blank. I can't even lie. 
the only bits I remember are times when I'd, because I spent so much time with my brother. And for those of you that don't know, me and my brother are basically best friends. We're like twins. We are very much like the same person, but also polar opposites. So it's either we deal with things in the exact same way or we're complete opposites. Like I learn a lot from him. I trust him more than life itself. I trust him to the point where I know that he'd always have my, my best interests. So even as I've gone through kind of this period of like my mental health and learning the way I'm going through therapy, that's the person that I pick up the phone to and will ask questions to just to make myself feel better. Like, am I on the right path? Am I making the right decisions? Is this for me or is it for someone else? Now I went through, now just to make it clear, I grew up in such a loving home, loving family. We spend so much time together even now we communicate very well but our parents are humans and they have their own trauma my parents lost both of their parents when they were really young especially my dad so there's that kind of trauma there's different types of trauma and like for me for example one of those bits of trauma is growing up as a first gen black daughter in western culture is having two cultures, it's dealing with racism, it's dealing with having to wear this mask. And back in 2020, I suffered what I'd say is like my next serious bout of what I understand or how I now look at understanding like the, the bad periods of my mental health. And I don't even, again, <laughs> Honestly, trauma and, and mental health and like wiping your memory is so bad. So I don't know where it kind of came from. I just remember one day just before the pandemic happened, everything was fine. And then the pandemic started to happen. I was at home and I just couldn't leave the house. I was, my anxiety was through the roof. I've never experienced anything like it. I'm a confident person. I will leave the house. I'll do whatever I need to do. I'm very independent. Like I live on my own. Like, and then all of a sudden I couldn't leave the house to walk across the street to go to the shops, which is crazy. And I wrote a blog back then. I actually had to make a note of this. So the, the blog I wrote was in May 2020. And it was called That's on Being an Exhausted Black Woman Surrounded by White Privilege. Now, I wrote this just before everything with George Floyd had happened. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, you can imagine I was really lucky that I'd written and published this before all of that happened. Because otherwise, it would have just looked like I was jumping on the bandwagon for clout. And when all of that did happen, I could refer and get people to read this blog. And I'll, I'll link this blog in all of my comments. But yeah, I remember writing this. And then when, that, all the, um, when George Floyd was killed, saying to people, actually, you need to understand that our lived experience as black people, as black women, especially, obviously I'm, I'm speaking from the point of view of a black woman, is so different to what you imagine. We have to go through so much. And for me, the pandemic was also part of what ruined my life, but it's also what's helped my life because being locked in by myself and having to deal with my own thoughts rather than my coping mechanism of jumping into work, ignoring everything, I had to deal with the fact that I lived in a world where I would leave my house, my safe space, and I'd have to wear a mask because you are seen as being aggressive. You are seen as being like problematic and you have to be a certain way and to make people happy. I remember in my last job, um, getting some feedback from one of my managers saying, oh, when you're in the office, like you're so quiet, like you should integrate a bit more with the team. But I don't understand because when you're out in stores and you're meeting people, 
everyone like their feedback is she's so amazing she's bubbly she's great but we're not seeing that here and i couldn't just turn around and be like there are so many microaggressions here and people that just don't understand that i can't can't be open and honest about how i feel so i have to be a particular weight in this office whereas when i go out and meet other people i can be more of that and i really at that point wanted to focus on being my authentic self and that's something that i'd say i've spent the last couple of years not only learning who i am but understanding understanding who i am and why i am the way that i am and understanding that like i said the people around me that love me are human themselves the people that i surround myself with are human themselves we all have different issues not everyone might feel comfortable in talking about it but there are people there that you can ask for help and it's okay to not be okay it's okay to ask for help and back then obviously my brother had seen all this and knew what was happening and he said to me have you thought about going to therapy and I think he just had some therapy himself or was thinking about it and um he'd said to me that he'd been watching I think it was Teen Mum with his partner and when they'd been watching Teen Mum the girls that were the most successful were the ones that had gone to therapy because they learned really healthy coping mechanisms so my, one of my dad's sayings is um, life is suffering now what that means is you find the pockets of happiness in day-to-day life you understand that the world is difficult things happen that are out of your control some things are in con- in your control but what i took from my brother's kind of message was that life is always going to be difficult you are in a, a situation that you might always be able to control but you can learn how to control yourself you can learn how to set boundaries you can learn how to be the person you want to be and stop being a people pleaser stop being like growing up we were always told oh you're so like wise for your age like you're so ambitious you achieve all these things high functioning anxiety and depression trauma all these things cause like the the compliments we'd get of course they've made me who i am and i'm i wouldn't change anything for the world because i appreciate the person that i am but trauma has had such a massive part to play in my life that when i say therapy ruined my life it ruined my life to a point where my life completely fell apart because so the, the best analogy i can use is one that my um, therapist tanya used was that you are in, like an onion and each time you are in therapy you are peeling away those layers but you only peel away a layer when you're happy to peel sorry to get to the next stage but that's when you've got another layer to peel with because we are human we're constantly evolving we're constantly changing so you're never going to completely be done with growing with healing and so on you just have to find a way where you can be comfortable with that and if it wasn't for my brother's kind of courage to even normalize therapy and normalize that situation and make it sound like it was something that was going to benefit me i probably wouldn't have done it just because i'd have thought i'm going to be judged especially culturally because even now like i'm finding when you set your boundaries when you are open and honest about how certain things make you feel that you don't feel heard sometimes you don't feel validated in what you're saying that certain things especially culturally are kind of what's the word the cycle keeps going on rather than someone breaking that cycle and going i went through this i'm going to do it to someone else that keeps going and yeah Lenga for me made that so normal that i didn't even think twice about it and it has completely changed my life so i'm just gonna it's kind of middle way through um so how am i really i think this week i'm doing really well because the last time i was in england i was so burnt out that i didn't even end up seeing my closest friends 
And the biggest thing that I've learned through this journey, especially of finding myself and finding my authentic self, is that I don't need my community to be in Northern Ireland in the same place, but I need to be able to fly back and forth. So being a, a digital nomad suits my life so perfectly because I can fly back and forth and see friends and family. I will have been to England nearly every month this year by the end of the year. Um, I'm going next month, I'm going the month after and the month after. And ideally, I'd like to be flying away somewhere else that's sunny and amazing. But I'm really lucky that I get to do that. So last time I went, I ended up being so burnt out that I couldn't see my friends. And whenever I don't see my friends, it really does affect me. So this time I made sure that I'd done the work I needed to do. I wasn't going to work these few days. And I just said to clients, like, this is this is me. I'm going to turn my phone off for a few days. I'll catch you when I'm back. I'm really proud of that. And then um, my cousin got married. Family time was amazing. I worked really hard at making sure I wasn't getting triggered and ruining my own trip. So I found that there were pockets where I just had to take myself away for a few minutes to just breathe and enjoy the moment. And when I came back, um, I've just spent the last few days with G and we've just caught up and we've just relaxed, eating really nice food. So I'd say I'm in a really positive mindset at the moment and I'm really excited for kind of like what this week's gonna bring just because I know that I need to get on with certain challenging things but it's these are things that are gonna benefit me in the long run so yeah overall mentally I'm in a good place I'm feeling happier and I'm feeling positive okay so carrying on so where was I so I yeah I'd started therapy and therapies like you're like an onion and you're peeling back the 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 layers now when I wrote the blog that I was talking about um the last sentence I wrote in there, which I've taken note of, is I actually feel free. So it sounds so daft, but the pandemic and being locked away, like I said, forced me to not only reach out for help when I knew my mental health wasn't good, but I remember I'd picked, I'd picked up the phone to speak to my doctor and went through something similar to when I was back in Sheffield. And I was 18 where the doctor had said, okay, well, it sounds like you're quite familiar with your mental health and like these are the same symptoms as last time so we can give you tablets or if you want therapy like I can give you a list of places to call some of them are uh, what do you call them some of them are charities and some of them you have to pay now I have to be completely honest if I had to pay for the therapy that I've been through even now the therapy sessions I would not be able to afford that and I hate that therapy is like a luxury I was lucky enough that as I called around and do you know what really frustrated me the most now, when I called the doctor, the doctor said, right, you can have tablets or you can be put on a waiting list or you can call around yourself and see what you can find. If you are someone that's really suffering, you are suicidal, how are you supposed to do all that yourself? How are you supposed to sit on a waiting list? A waiting list isn't like, that's not going to help. And it really frustrated me because I just thought this should not be a luxury. Even now, I think this should not be a luxury. But as I rang about, I was really lucky. I found a woman that volunteered um, or worked in two places. So one of the places she worked in, she'd said, okay, we're currently full. But one of the places that's not on this list is called Jigsaw and they're in North Belfast. They're a charity. You pay what you can when you can. You can just make donations. If it wasn't for that, God knows what I'd have done or where I'd be right now because it, they've, changed my, they've changed my life. Tanya, my therapist, has changed, literally changed my life. And um, yeah, so that's how, and just for those of you that don't know, the, the NHS do offer, I think it's six free sessions. Um, but then if you do find charities, charities work differently. 
So my doctor always does have to know when I go back. Now, what I do is I'll go, I normally go with one issue and then unpeel all these layers that turns out that it was a bigger issue, something else. And then I'll take a break for a while. Normally, when after I finish my first bout, I'll take about a four-week break, going go for a check-in just because that makes me feel better. That's what we've agreed. And then I'll go kind of every six months just to, again, have a check-in. So actually, my six months is coming up now, so I'll be going back in October, yeah, for my next check-in. And I can't wait to just fill time you in on what's been happening in life because so much has changed. So one thing that I realised when I had started therapy was the fact that my focus has always been on other people, keeping other people happy, not putting my needs first because when you put your needs first, you are letting other people down. That's just in my mind, whether it's subconscious or not, that's how I pictured everything. So to all of a sudden, like Tanya at one point said to me, you do realise that every time you come into therapy, so mind you, for those of you that also don't know, therapy, you don't go into therapy and someone doesn't just ask you a question and then tell you what to do. That space is a safe space for you to be able to talk about. And the type of therapy I did was just normal counselling. But it's a safe space to be able to go in and bring up a topic of conversation, then ask you probing questions that you then work through. Now, my thing, I always used to laugh and be like, right, I'm going through this and then there's a light bulb moment as I'm talking. And Tanya used to laugh because she was like, I'd, I'm not even giving you some solutions here or like ideas of solutions. You're getting there yourself. And I think I just needed that space where I could feel safe enough without judgment to get there myself because I've always had the tools I just didn't know how to be selfish and in my mind selfishness was a bad thing not actually if I'm a bit more selfish it's going to help everything else in my life so I start seeing this amazing person that is so similar to me as well has a few shared experiences she's white but even for me the fact that I could sit with a white therapist and explain culture and where I was coming from and get asked questions where she was hearing what I was saying she validated my experiences and my feelings that for me because I know some people say they prefer to have like if you're black you have a black therapist and so on or someone that understands but to me there was enough of a shared experience in terms of our upbringings and traumas that being white and black for me just didn't matter and where I talk about the fact that therapy ruined my life is in the fact that as I peel back those layers I uncovered trauma that I'd repressed. I had to have really difficult conversations with family members. With like, There was one point, and I, I love my mum and dad so much because even my, my brother, but I think my brother would be more understanding because he understands therapy as well. But with, with my mum and dad, there was one time I went to them and I was like, not, I, I've never been suicidal, but at that point, I just didn't care about being alive. I just thought, what is the point? I don't like I wouldn't be sad if I knew that I wasn't going to wake up tomorrow which looking back like does make me feel sad but I know that so many people feel the same and I can't imagine what that was like for my parents to hear and to try to get their head around because again mind you these are people that know me so well that they could see maybe they didn't know that that exact conversation was coming but they could see I wasn't okay they could see that things were wrong and back then as well during the pandemic like we were so isolated so not only was I isolated and living alone before Sean had come back, but I was then having to have these difficult conversations about how mentally I just wasn't coping. And then as time went on, obviously me and Sean um, ended up in a long distance relationship because of the pandemic um, and then it was split up and didn't know if, when we were going to see each other. So that was nine months of cancelled flights, not knowing what was going to happen. 
me trying to find my authentic self and not, not knowing who I was without putting my culture first, putting family first, putting all these things first that I thought and knew mattered to me, but I just didn't know in what way they, they, they mattered, if that makes sense. I hope it makes sense. And as that time was going on, I felt myself kind of detaching a little bit from family, detaching from certain friends. And there were people that I wouldn't be on the same level of friendship with anymore just because you outgrow people. And for me, that was really scary because all of a sudden I was like, I feel so alone, so lonely. And at the time when I can finally work from anywhere in the world, I've achieved my ultimate goal in my life of since I was 15 of what I wanted. I want my goal was to be able to work from anywhere in the world on a laptop. I've now achieved this and I'm stuck at home because of the pandemic. That messed with my mental health. My grandpa died. Like during like November when Sean had gone and we realized that we were going to be split up for a long time, didn't know how long. Grandpa died, I'd lost my job, I was made redundant. And all these things happened where I'd already been in therapy for a few months, but that side, if those triggers were so bad. And I remember getting through that and just being like, I can't believe that I've just survived that period. But that was because of therapy. So I, I could see from then that, okay, therapy is starting to do something because even though I feel like my life's falling apart and things are really difficult, I've made it through without having all these breakdowns. I'm focusing more on what I'm enjoying. So at that point, it was content creation. I was creating TikToks. I was enjoying doing nothing, just getting up without an alarm. So since then, I've not, I don't wake up to an alarm unless like I'm traveling and need an alarm or I've got a super early um, meeting in the morning. I do not wake up to an alarm. And it's amazing because it, that just makes me feel anxious. I went from not being able to leave the house to leaving the house and not have, feeling like I have to wear a, a mask all the time. But then, like I've said, I uncovered certain bits of trauma. And it's not trauma that I'm, comfortable talking about here but for the people that are closest to me that they, they know what that is um but there was that trauma there was and that's that was from childhood so me and my memory one of the reasons that my memory is so bad is from a young age that trauma happened then other bits of trauma that are shared trauma like within family and so on happened where um i just my, my brain learned to protect yourself, as soon as anything slightly negative starts to happen, we're gonna erase your memory. And even now, any slight inconvenience, you could ask me what I did two weeks ago. If I've been in a slightly bad mental space, and that's sometimes that's how I even know that I was, I just won't remember. My memory is so bad. And that's why I love taking pictures. That's why I love creating memories, because at least I can look back and I can sit and go, okay, oh, that's what I was doing. Oh, great. Certain things I do remember, but it's just the massive chunks of memory that are gone. But again, this was only something that I realised when me and my brother were talking. And I think we laugh at a lot of these things, but trauma responses do come in varying um, different ways. But even in our family, and like I said, my like my mum lost her parents, especially her mum, my mum when she was 18. Her dad when she was about 25, 26. Um, so all of that as well, like that's all of my aunties and my uncle, like everyone lost their parents at such a young age. That's trauma that's then obviously passed on to us so and even my grandma would have had her own traumas and stuff where you look at our family and our coping mechanism is to be in control in certain ways so there's me that likes things put in a certain way it's so like you over my fridge and the tins are facing a certain way I've got a cousin actually I've got two cousins that like to have the shoes lined up and the room has to be perfect my mom will wash glasses and they have to be wiped with tea towels each room has its own kind of routine 
I could go on and on and on. And we all laugh because we were, we're all so similar in, in our family and we've got a huge family. But our traumas and how we deal with it, obviously that's passed on as well. Um, so, yeah, I just went through a point where everything felt like I was falling apart. But then I started to understand things like family and how we deal with things. I started to understand me and what my authentic self looks like and is. And I think for me, what's also been the scariest is the fact that, like I said, I grew up in such a loving home that to have trauma and to have some of these experiences, it's like a contradiction. So sometimes I felt guilty because it's like I'm saying that there was something wrong when actually there wasn't. It's just it's life. Life is suffering. So there are parts to my understanding that I'm starting to get and be like, oh, okay, that's that's fine. It makes sense. Logically for me, it makes sense. The, there are parts of kind of how I look at, when I talk about my authentic self, I think for me, it's the fact that, for, my, for example, my, my work is on the internet. My, I've got a marketing agency, we focus on content. I'm a blogger, content creator. I put my life online and that's my authentic self and that's what people have subscribed to, to the point where it's made a business and I'm successful because of that. But when my parents look at that, they look at that and they go, this is really scary because you're putting a part of yourself out there for people to judge. But then I see it as people do judge and it's not nice. But then there are people that accept me for who I am. And I think that's also what's given me the strength to keep going down this path. Because even though it has been scary and therapy has been scary and it's been lonely and it's been draining, I've learned, like I'm learning to take days off. I'm learning to not use work as a coping mechanism. I knew when to walk away from my relationship with Sean because again like you'll look at my blogs when I talk about having a supportive partner I went from a relationship where again someone with their own trauma some of it was shared but someone that loved me so much that from my ex cheating to get, get in with Sean I hated my ex had a reason to hate my ex put him in a box and was like right let's lock away the key and throw it away whereas with Sean that ended just because I needed to put myself first I needed to like I felt like I was doing my work and it was benefiting me but the path that that Sean had chosen wasn't working for our relationship and for me and it was triggering me so I needed to walk away but to go from a relationship where I had so many positives to build on I had so much love and to be with someone new where I have to talk about the fact that I, I am even now still grieving that relationship because that was five and a half years of someone that was a huge part of my life that I cared about. And even to be with someone now that I can be that open with and honest with and talk to when I'm thinking some of these things, I'm confused. I think they're the biggest signs for me that therapy might have ruined my life but it's built this new amazing life where I'm with someone I love dearly that loves me. I'm going through things where it's okay to feel how I feel. It's okay to reach out for help. I have family members that like when I look at it's like my top three um, values and this is something that I worked out in therapy. So when I worked out my values it's because I needed to work out how to make decisions in general life and business life and my three top values are family happiness and empowerment but in family I had to work out what that family unit actually looks like because what I grew up thinking it looks like 
is actually slightly different to what I think it looks like because I now have family that would come to me to talk about mental health that have been open to me about themselves going through therapy going through like really bad thoughts going through different things where they've needed help and vice versa and just have those conversations with people where I know that you are my people you are also my community as well as my friends that I see as family that's been amazing and that's where I think those values have been really important because the way I see it if you are not helping me get closer to my family to get happier to empower myself more or other people more I should not be doing this whether it's in business or in life it's not going to serve me and I've learned the hard way that when I ignore that things go wrong so yeah I think this podcast for me really has been not only to give people advice that it's not linear it's very much up and down you are constantly going to be evolving you're going to be changing you're going to be growing you're going to be healing but it's about being honest with yourself being open with yourself being vulnerable enough to understand that you are human and that's okay but things are super super difficult and that's okay life is suffering that's okay find positives like I'm someone people look at me and go oh but you've got your own house you've got a great car you've got a great partner like you've gone from having someone that loved you to finding someone else that's amazing but you have to put the work in in knowing yourself like I I'm going to be 30 and when I walked away from Sean I had to deal with the fact that I thought I was going to be getting married in the next few years having children doing all these things where it felt like I was a failure but I then had to look at that and go no I'm not a failure I'm putting myself first and my needs to find a partner and not it wasn't to find a partner but I wanted to be on my own for a while I started my solo dates I was doing all these things for me and I was like if I'm going to put the work in to get to know myself and make sure I'm happy I want someone in my life that's going to add loads to that happiness that I'm gonna have higher expectations for because I deserve all of that even for me that I'm gonna have expectations of myself in setting my boundaries whether it's with family and friends um in my goal setting because I am amazing and I needed to realize that imposter syndrome takes over but at the same time being an overachiever doesn't help anyone so even for me learning it's okay to take time off it's okay to just is this good enough that's what my therapist always used to say and even just to get to that point of I asked myself is this good enough is where I'm good enough if it is just keep going because things aren't ever going to be perfect but to be in a space where I have people around me that are open enough to understanding that to hearing that I think I'm really really lucky but also I have had to work really really hard to overcome a lot I'm still dealing with a lot and I think for anyone thinking of going to therapy or doing something to help themselves no matter what that is I'd say go into it with an open mind it's not a one solution fixes everything it is a journey I think again reaching out for help if you want to send me a message send me a message ask me questions I will happily tell you more about some of the things maybe I've not divulged into this a bit more if I need to do a part two I'll do a part two if you've got specific questions but I just want people to understand that one you're not alone like I've had people online have been absolutely amazing in making me feel normal on Twitter Instagram TikTok all these places where you can be your authentic self like my authentic self makes me money if that isn't like the biggest takeaway I could have from this I don't know what else could be and that's where even when people don't understand why I blog why I put so much of my life on the internet mind you it's curated I put out what I'm happy to put out there's stuff like this that other people wouldn't be happy to share but for me 
as long as I help one person, that's all I want to do. And in this podcast, it could even just be that it's helping me because when I have talked about this, when I have listened back to it and just thought about it, I've realized how much I'm trusting myself. I've realized how happy I am. I've realized I don't need to have it all figured out. I've realized even in a new relationship, it's okay to be vulnerable from the beginning because I want to be with someone that gets me and understands me. And if they don't, they can go away. And it's just all these little things that I'm looking at now and going, wow, like you two years down the line, you've done a great job. It's not done. You're going to face other things, but keep going. So yeah, if this could help even one other person to feel the same, to reach out for help, then I really do hope you do because the pandemic itself was a trauma and people were going through that and dealing with that. But there is always light at the end of the tunnel. And I think when you talk to people that have suffered quite badly from the mental health as well, you realise that they're the people that are the most open and honest. And for me, it's just a massive thank you for those people that have been open and honest because you guys have changed my life. You guys have made me see things from a new perspective. And I appreciate you so much that if I could even give an ounce of that back to someone else, I'd be really happy. So I'm just going to end it with my win of the week. So I guess my win of the week is being able to take the time off that I did, manage seeing my friends, doing a bit of work, just enjoying my week. And looking at this week with challenges that I know are going to be challenges, but I'm really excited. Um, and I know where I kind of need to get to. So, yeah, that is my win of the week. And thank you for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of your week, whenever you decide to listen to this. Take care. Bye.